This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download on Dirty Mo Media. Yes. Got my co-host Mike Davis. How's it going? Matthew Dillner. Yeah. He's Work. here. Yeah. Got your dysentery shirt out. This is a big week. Well, see, I, I thought a lot more people knew what that meant. Oh, so I, know, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm wearing this shirt that says you have died of dysentery, and it's got yeah. the horse in the wagon. It's from the Oregon Trail yeah. video oh. game. Played that in junior high every I, day. I remember yeah. that. That was the ultimate. That was the, you know, the end result if you had a bad day. Yeah, and it's also kind of how we feel during Charlotte Race Week. So this is this is all kind of. Really? It, is it? I don't even know what dysentery is, actually. Dysentery is... I know uh, it's a disease it that people you. died of yeah. on Oregon Trail. I think it's like terrible, uh, really, really bad diarrhea. Okay, so it is like Charlotte <laughs> Race Week. Okay. Got it. All right. No, it is the same. <laughs> or a lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lack of sleep. you got a lack of yeah. sleep. You've been having a rough weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, little Isla has been wide open in the middle of the night. So it's happened. Yeah. Well, she's slept pretty good for a while. I don't know. Hey, I'm new. So that's right. I don't know whether this is normal or not, so I'm not going to complain. She's been waking us both up. We'll just say that. All right. So love it. Love to hear this. Yeah. Dinner's over there feeling good about it. <laughs> yeah. But I welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing though is that she's not. I can get her to go back to sleep. So that's good. Oh man, I can't imagine her screaming the con- you know the whole three and a half hours between her feeds so far. She isn't doing that. Well. Listen, we, every week now we have Isla Rose updates. So we now know that this one is, uh, she has not slept. That's good to know. Yeah. Sleepless in Mooresville. Forgive <laughs> Dale if he's, uh, yeah, if he's a little wiry. I'm all right. Yeah. He has his whole career, his whole life has been preparing for all-nighters. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. We've got the all-star race to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we had the aero package. I know you were excited There's about that. There's stuff to talk about. We have the truck race. I don't know if you noticed this, but. There was some pure talent coming up through the field there at the end of that truck I race. I don't know if you noticed that or not. There was we, a lot of... We could talk about that. But also, <laughs> we had an Ask Junior question this week from somebody named Amelda. She asked, what are the chances you and Mike Davis can get Matt Kenseth to go on your podcast? The fans would love it. Dale, what do you think about that? I'd love to have Matt on the podcast. That's I mean, fantastic. me and Matt have been friends for a really long time. And, I, you know, he's a hard guy to nail down. And, get, and really, if we could get him in this room... And finally get him to talk about some of the things we'd like to talk to Matt about. That'd be great. Matt, you game? Not really, but I'm already here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the Dell Jr. download. We got Matt Kins at the Dell Jr. in the same room. They're peas and carrots. Let's do it. <laughs> peas and carrots. The youngster, the 19-year-old Matt Kinson. Like a speedway, yeah. 19 years old. What are you doing way up front now? was a dark horse. A rookie has a rookie won the Coca-Cola 600. Your 2003 NASCAR Winston Cup champion. Here comes Junior to the outside. Side by side with Kenseth. He runs. Kenseth wins the Daytona 500. Joining us in the Exalta Studios, it's Matt Kenseth. The Dale Junior Download starts now. Oh, man, that's a good intro. Good job, Matthew. Does that feel good? Thanks. Yeah. Make oh, you weren't talking to me. Oh, had to Matt. pump up. We had to pump up Kenseth somehow, yeah. man. Get Did it, that pump you up? Get the yeah. blood flowing. <laughs> look, look how pumped up he looked. People have a hard time <laughs> hard time distinguishing the difference in my moods at times. Yeah. This is my pumped up one. This is it. <laughs> wow. No, no, I've seen his pumped up. You know what his pumped up is? Yeah. It's when that banjo at Lambo is playing and for the 60th, 70th time. Go, really banjo, Pat, go. Guitar, burn, burn, banjo. Burn, burn, burn. It sounded like a banjo. Me and Dale had, have exaggerated I have, I have the tempo wrong. What is it? <laughs> and then go, I turn around. Pat, and then we look over, and, and Matt is literally on his on his, on his his feet going, go, Pat, go. He was like, standing in his seat. you got to say it with the Wisconsin yeah. accent, right? It's like a go, Pat, go. you got to throw that in there. That's excited, Matt. But we yeah. We're not able to achieve that here in the Exalted no. Studio. No. That's only at Lambo. You never know. We just started. <laughs> the intro was a good way to get it going. Now we just got to build them up. Yeah. I'm built so, up. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Sure. You have had uh, a pretty busy last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to have you on the show. We can get to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> All right. You're back behind the wheel of a race car, back in the Cup Series, back with Roush. Great storyline. I think everybody's excited about that. Obviously, um, you know, everybody's – 
counting on you now to <laughs> figure out how to get this company going, you know, going back kind of trending toward the, toward the positives. Um, I know it's only been a couple of weeks and, and really you got to get to a lot more racetracks to sort of dig, digress into all the things that hope we don't digress. Well, you know, sort of look into what's, <laughs> what's going on with the team, but what's so far, how's that experience been? I don't think that, um, you know, I don't. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Like you, come, you going back to Roush and going back to where you started. Yeah, I didn't really see it coming either. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really you know laid out for very long. So, so you were sitting out. So you, this all kind of happened in the in a quick span of a few weeks or something. Like yeah, probably off and on for a couple months. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. yeah something like that. It was off and it was on. It was off and it was on. Kind of turned into into what it turned into. So um, so yeah, how's the experience been so far? So. There's been some some positives. Yeah. It was nice to get back. There's a lot of people that that I know that still work there that work their way back when I started racing for Roush. Um, it's been so it's been good to get back there. Uh, it's been good to get the racetrack for a couple of weeks and kind of try to evaluate a little bit. You know where I think we're at yeah. and try to identify some some weak spots and some strong spots and what I think we need to work on, which um, I don't know that I can really help necessarily or not. But um, so it's been interesting. It's been really different for me because it's a different role than I've ever felt like I've had through my racing career. Right. I mean, I I know that um, let's be realistic. I'm not showing up there with really any idea I think from anybody of winning races and uh, you're not racing for a championship and you're not racing full time. And I kind of now know where I feel like they're at and how much work we need to do to get back to a extremely competitive environment. And I'm not, you know, so, so it's just a lot different role, different feeling, you know, than I've ever had before. It's more of a project. When you, where were you personally as a driver, having been out of the car, even for just this short period of time, you know how competitive the cup series is. Yeah. And just to even miss a you know a few weeks can uh, can take you a little bit of uh, time to to sort of get back used to the swing of things or get back into the mode of driving. So how how are you as a driver? Well, you know, um, I don't think I've ever been that good of a driver. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so so being out for a while may, may or may not have helped that. Um, I I don't feel like it's. I mean, I got back in a car in Kansas and I, I felt like in a couple laps I felt yeah. normal and of that particular run. I think our second lap was our fastest lap of that run. But with that being said, I've raced two weeks and I've ran last, uh, pretty much dead last, uh, both the other two weeks. Uh, you know, I can't say the 17 ran a very big amount better than we did. Um, so both cars were, it was definitely, uh, uh, more of a struggle than I thought, you know, the yeah. first two weeks. But, uh, like you said, I think you need some time to run a little bit and get a little bit more, Get some other race tracks, get some some more races in, and and kind yeah. of get a feel from there. So, so Jack, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Jack uh, Roush was talking about how um, he saw himself maybe being around another two or three years. Um, you never know whether what to, how much to take away from that. Um, and I know you've only been there a couple of weeks, but what is what does the future of the Roush organization look like to you? And what's its potential? Well, that's hard to say because the as far as, you know, what it looks like, because I'm not really in the business end. You know yeah. what I mean? I've never, you know, I know you've been in every end of the racing spectrum. I've never been in the ownership end or the management end or, or selling sponsorship end or any, any of that stuff. So the business part's really hard for me to comment on. I, I think the competition side, um, obviously the Fords are really fast this year. Um, obviously with the, the engines run really good with, with Doug you know, building the engine. So, so, you know, the stuff is there. Um, I think it's a matter of putting it together and, and getting the right stuff designed and, and just making some gains. I mean, you know how competitive it is, you know, now you're off by, you know, three or four tenths and, and you're last, yeah. you know, it used to be you're off by three or four tenths and you'd run seventh or eighth. Right. So it's yeah. just, it's just so competitive and, and, um, you got to, you know, do all the little things right. So, I, I mean, I think obviously there's a lot of room for improvement. I think the potential is there. Um, you know, but certainly I think it's going to take some work and probably probably a little more patience, a little more time than maybe I originally thought. During all the media for this, uh, with you coming back, a lot of people and uh, and I read a lot of stories and comments about you maybe having a, a role aside from being the driver or of the race car. You talked about having not 
any idea of what's going on with the business side of the, of the organization and not having any involvement there at this particular time, but there's a been a lot of articles or some talk about maybe that's a role for you down the road. Is that even interesting to you to have involvement in the company outside of the driver's seat? Yeah, I don't, that's a hard question to answer. I mean, I, I think I really got to get farther down the road. You know, what does Matt Kenseth want this, to do when he you is to, project? You have like, time to think when you're done. It. Yeah, you have. When you're <laughs> done driving one day, yeah. what is what is, what do you want to do? What do you see yourself doing? You know, um, it's pretty busy at my house, and I really, 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 really love being home with my wife and kids. Yeah, um, I, I've I've learned. I've learned very early through this process that I don't have to do anything professionally. I, right. I don't really have the, you know, I, I really don't have like a big emptiness, like, oh man, I wish I was out doing this. You know, I, I gotta be honest, you go back and like, it tears me up on a Friday morning not to be able to drive the kids to school. That's right. Yeah. Just like all the little things that you will someday understand. I mean, just picking them up from school and driving them to gymnastics and doing all that. Most people be like, Oh gosh, I can't believe I got to go do all that. But I love it. Like I love every minute of it. And, uh, that's kind of all the stuff you miss. And, and with the ages of my girls right now from, you know, five months old to, to eight years old, there's a, a, a lot of years of doing that stuff and enjoying those experiences with your kids. So I, I don't feel like I have any urgency or need to have to do anything from a professional level to use up my time. I, I, I do have to say, uh, you know, I was not bored um, when I took this on. I wasn't um, really missing racing that much when I took this on. You know, I, I did it because um, I, I felt like I could help. I hoped I could help. And um, I, I felt like I wanted to do it for Jack and try to help him out. He's done so much for my career. But obviously, though, Jack and Mark, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. And if I could kind of repay him for helping me get started and giving me my first cup ride and like and doing all that and get to me where I was, if I could help help him somehow get the organization running better and kind of help repay that, I felt like that was something I wanted to do. And uh, and plus, it's a different role. It wasn't full time, so there's the time commits not the same as his running every single week. And I uh, still felt like I had a lot of family time this summer and this fall. And, and like I said, it kind of gave me a project and a goal and, and something to try to get involved with and help with and see if that's something that interests me in the future. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I wondered if to what degree of arm twisting would it take to get Matt back into the car and if it was the right opportunity. And you just answered that. You, you weren't looking to get right back into a car. You were actually enjoying your life. And I understand that now. I think it would take a lot to get him back. In fact, the only thing I think it would take to get him back is if you got back. And now that you've got back, <laughs> Dale's actually reconsidering going back now uh, to, to part of the well, no, Actually, that's what we're going to talk about. You know, I'm only running a, a part-time schedule. And the races I'm not running, uh, Dale's going to run. You want to share your seat with him? Is that what you're saying? Okay. All right. Just, where, how, where do we go? Where, where do we start, right? He just runs some cup races yeah. with you. The band's back together. He's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. I haven't, I'm starting to notice that there's things about it that I miss. I didn't. when, Like when the season started, I was so glad that I was at home and watching yeah. or so glad I had the time to do this or that. I walk around and see things around my house and property, that, projects and things that I want to get involved in that I would always have to have put off or pay somebody to do uh, pay somebody to do <laughs> <laughs> that things that i didn't want to do yeah. you know when you're racing and busy you don't want to do those things and now that i'm home i'm like I i'm going to tackle that yeah. i'm going to do this I'll cut the grass myself i'll go do yeah, yeah. you got something you want to do in the woods or right whatever. yeah I get it. and i've enjoyed that but over the last probably couple months th I've, i have noticed like man i really miss x wires i wish i was running this practice practice was getting ready to start for kansas uh, and I think it was like the hap uh, the final practice. And I'm like, man, I really wish I could run that practice. That's a fun practice. I, I, there's, you know, maybe not the race, but that practice is pretty fun. And I don't know, some things like that are cropping up in, in, in my timeline and in my weekends. Still isn't enough to drive me back to getting in the race car. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. And it's, a, it's an, for me, I know you've had to kind of put it off now that you're back in the car. You put that adjustment off for a while. Until until you'll be back out of the car one day and and go back into figuring your life out. I want to go back to um, the beginning, man. Uh, we've been friends for a very long time. I don't really even know how our friendship started, other than uh, we got along, you know. And and we always kind of saw. I, I you may know more particulars, uh, but I, we always were together. And whether we were competing on the racetrack and points or in the garage or whatever and appearances, it just seems like we were always around each other and you were always easy to talk to, really uh, easy guy to get along with. And uh, we were, I don't know, as, as much as we competed, 
uh, early on in our careers, even on into the Cup Series, we, we sort of, our careers were so parallel, I thought. Um, we never, we always got along, which was interesting to me. It would, you know, you would think guys like that would, would, would see each other as competitors and, and be competitive on and off the track as well, but we were really never that competitive off the track, and I thought, you know, so we've been good friends for a real long time. Do you remember how our friendship kind of started, or, or what is what are some of the memories, I guess, from from back in 97 or 98 when we started uh, to race on the same tracks together. That's the funny thing about getting to be the age that we are and hitting the wall as many times as <laughs> I can't remember any of it. I don't either. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember when we started racing together, and um, I think we both ran some races. And Did you run a full season in 97? I ran only eight or Yeah, seven so I think races. I ran part of the season in 97. Yeah. So, you know, we started in 98 together, and um, – Perked by each other a lot. Yeah. Started talking to you a lot. And I think uh, um, I always felt like your dad kind of liked me. Probably because I was one of the guys didn't want anything from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I, I, I was I was enjoyed hanging out with you and racing with you. And we didn't get on, into it in the racetrack too many times. Although I do remember the time at Dover Man, when, I, when I got wrecked yeah. out. Wait, wait, and, uh, and here's what's funny about it is like, Katie was, which this is typical, right? Yeah. So Katie was so mad about it, right? Like, I, I think she finally got over it a couple of years ago. Wow. We, yeah. we, 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 I wasn't even that mad about it. I mean, it was. So what, what happened? I don't know. We were racing. Okay, I I remember this. I was thinking about this since we've been in this room um, <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to talk about you know, our friendship from way back then. And that's that's one of the moments where our, our relationship was really tested. It could have completely went off the rails. Matt was dominating at Dover. I was running second to him all day long, but I couldn't get within five car lengths. Um, he had a better car. We had a restart uh, midway or yeah, about midway through the race, and I had gotten under him and uh, wrecked him. I got loose in turn two. I wrecked us both, really. But I got loose underneath him and sent us both into the fence. And we both finished pretty bad, but it hurt him more than me. Cost him the win. You know, that would have been a great points day for him. We were battling in the points championship together. Pretty tight battle, pretty very competitive battle. Seemed like every week we're right there together. And um, we'd always raced each other really well. And that was the first time that we didn't or I didn't, you know. And um, luckily, I guess for me, I'm almost glad that I wrecked too. So (laughs) that, well, really. You didn't win? You know, (laughs) no. Oh, okay. I'm I'm kind of, I would have felt like, I mean, I don't know how I would have been able to have apologized for that and been and been genuine and sincere enough had I not also wrecked, you know. Had I went on and sense. finished in the top five and, boy, you know, 150 points for me, 60 for Matt or whatever, I don't know that I would have felt very good about that. But It would um, have been your entire Victory Lane interview in that yeah. time. Yeah. It would have. <laughs> it would have been. When, what year was that? apologizing. Yeah, yeah. What I, year was I wasn't that? Even, I wasn't even really mad because I knew it was, I can't, I knew it was I, an I, accident. I have a heart. I know you know that it was because yeah. I, I, I screwed myself in the process. So it's so I, different I, from. I would have, I, if I were you, though, I would have been so mad because of the carelessness. Yeah. You know, you hate when other yeah. drivers are careless. Yeah. Were you at DEI or Hedrick at this point? I don't, I'm trying to. This is 1998. Oh, this was way back yeah. then. Come on. Okay, man. okay. So, 98. I thought you were supposed you to know your were, stuff. You, you guys do were the only ones born at that next show? Hell, I don't no, know. It could have been 99. I don't know. Uh, which, it which, was an Xfinity series. It seems like yeah. both series, both seasons were sort of the same, where it was me and Matt racing yeah. for the championship. So you're, I lost both of them. The, the reason that's interesting is he said that Katie just got over that like a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was really? I was kind of kidding. Yeah, but yeah. but but those things tend to fester. I mean, you yeah. brought it up. Yeah, because yeah. it was a joke. I think, something. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. I always I never remembered any of you guys like like literally crossing paths to to uh, where there was a lot of animosity. I do though could always hold Matt Kenseth uh, to making a comment after a race if he rubbed you wrong somehow. It would be like this: Dale Jr. gets out the draft and hell. You know, like, like Matt would always say that. Oh, please. You know you do that. And then, like, I remember the 2005 race you won. Can you find the actual clip of that? Every year, twice a year, four times a year. But, like, the the, uh, the 2005 race that he won. No, no, no. I don't know what it is. The the 2005 race uh, that you won on fuel mileage, Matt dominated Chicago. Oh, yeah. Matt led every stinking lap. We'd go make a kind of just a flyer pit strategy call right late the race and you win the race and i i remember you visibly being just upset about it now you were always 
yeah. polite and cordial enough. I mean, that was a friendship coming out. But well, I think there have been I'm moments. I'm mad at him. I was mad because we were only sure. trying to get four tires. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> he got two tires. And then I remember that race. And it was like my home track. And we had yeah. the uh, USG was our sponsor. And they were sponsoring a race. Right. And um, I don't know if it was the year before or the year after. Gordon wrecked me right at the end. And we were leading. And, like, we came so close to winning that race. And we were, we were dominating it. We did everything right all weekend. We were the fastest in practice. And uh, we came in with, like, 15 or 20 ago and put four tires on. I think the top four got two tires and I just didn't have enough time yeah. to get through there. So well, I, I was more mad at the situation, which sure. anybody would be. Obviously, you're sure. not mad at the guy for winning. Right. That was no. really the only good thing that happened to me that year. That right. That was it. <laughs> what year was it? 2005. That, so, oh, you know, yeah. Dale Jr. had that big year in 2004, won six races. And then they decided, because as you do when you win six races, you make a crew chief change. Yeah. <laughs> and so then that, that, that was our 2005 where we were just – who was the crew chief? Tony Sr. and Tony Jr. were the crew chiefs in 2004, and we went from, in a matter of three weeks, the last three, ra- the last three races of the season, we went from being thrilled, because we won Phoenix, I think, yeah, um, yeah. Late. right at the end of the year. Happy. Everybody's happy. By the time, time we left Homestead, we couldn't stand each other, and we broke up. Couldn't believe it. I, I think about it today, and I'm like, what well, the freaking stupid. Next time? Pete Rondo Pete for Rondo the first was 10 races. Crew chief for 10 races. Then Steve Mill did the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Till oh, I, think to, I think eventually you guys put Tony Jr. back on at the end, right? Or maybe that was I 2006. Can't. We went through a lot. Remember. So it's Steve's fault you won. Got two tires. It was Steve, it no, was Steve, Steve Mill. Mill's made that call. call. Jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he knows who to be mad at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool, winning a race with Steve Mill. Yeah. Because you know how, yeah. I mean, his he was such a, he was a big yeah. deal at Roush, you know? Yeah. So first time I tested a cup car, I went to, um, uh, Darlington, they uh, Roush hired me just to kind of hang out in uh, might have been in ninety, might have been in ninety eight, and it was before the the spring race, and Mark was testing. It was before that testing rule, so Mark and Burton were there, and I remember Jeff Gordon was there, and and uh, I was kind of just hanging out with Mark. He's like, "Bring your stuff, we're gonna let you drive." And I never been in Darlington. Oh my never god, been, never been in a cup car. Wow. But, so maybe it was ninety seven because I don't think I've ever been to Darlington before. Actually, I know I never raced at Darlington before, so it might have been in the fall of ninety seven. Anyway, so I, I went there and. Uh, Went to test that car, and Steve was the crew chief, and he was like, he wanted nothing to do with it, right? He's like, man, that kid in that car is going to go and wreck that thing. And we went out, and we were actually like, we we're actually really fast. I did almost wreck. I hit the apron off of two and uh, just about wrecked it. Uh, but we are actually really fast, and, like, I came in, and he was, like, all enthused and, like, throwing springs at it and, trying, like, working like crazy. And Mark's like, you have no idea. He doesn't get like this. He wanted nothing to do with you driving it. And he's like, you got to have him super impressed to have him working on the car like that. So, actually, let me drive it for about a half a day. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. Dang, man. Steve was cool. Yeah. I always enjoyed him, man. His at, his attitude, energy, hard Plus worker, good his, energy. Yeah, and his history appreciation, I guess, for history. I like that too. When I'd go in his office, he had all kinds of cool pictures on the walls and stuff. Yeah, real fun guy. Um, so I'm a new father. You got three girls, right? Four girls now. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah. Girl factory. I can't who's keep, counting? I can't even keep up. And five kids. Yeah, y'all got yeah. a new baby. Yeah, and uh, Mallory's five months. Five months. Yeah. So so this is all fresh. Then this yeah. is good. <laughs> you you were telling me you've already uh, messed it all up. I, I told you the fatherly advice I give everybody. It sounds like you already screwed it all. What up. What did I do? You told me you're up in the middle of the night with a baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. What do you do wrong? What, what's Here's wrong with the thing that? I tell all new fathers, right? You make sure that mama breastfeeds, she and does. you make sure she doesn't stop breastfeeding for like a year. Yeah. And then you get to sleep all night because you can't do anything about a crying baby. Oh, jeez. You're going to get him killed. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the oh truth. Oh, my gosh. You're like, there goes every like, Matt uh, female fan. <laughs> you're like, uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, uh, the first, you know, Kaylin would cry, and I get up, and I'm like, uh, you get up, kind of yeah. sim- sympathy wake up, right? You wake up, and you feel bad for mom, and you're like, uh, you know, and then you realize, well, <laughs> what am I going to do except for have us both tired in the morning, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So then after that, you know, she gets, I mean, still, like, I, I, I have no idea what time Mallory got up last night. I know she got up, but I have no idea what time she got up. And, and like, uh, it's not being mean but it's it's great for the dads wow <laughs> and then i'm not tired in the morning katie's still a little tired but i'm yeah, not so as tired over. so i get up and this morning i got up you and take over make breakfast and walk the dog and empty the dishwasher and drove the go. kids to school and like oh, did okay. all that stuff so you're in your key so yeah you, i mean so then you can kind of does she sleep function a little during bit this particular time in the morning oh no she's getting the kids ready and stuff but she gets a little rest time i think when i run <laughs> the school depending you heard, on you you're just guessing you're sleeping in a nap somewhere it's like hey with four kids that it's it's a, pretty, Get a little rest time. Yeah, it's a pretty much a two-person project when yeah. you got four yeah, oh kids yeah. that age. Oh, yeah. I bet. I mean, I she could do it all. Hey. She does do it all when I'm gone, but it's a lot. I can't imagine having four kids. And I'm just, you know, going through, we've only, uh, you know, this is like three weeks, and 
trying to figure out, it's like a puzzle, you know, trying to figure out how this puzzle works. It's going to be either a wet diaper, she's hungry, or she's sleepy. And trying to figure out which one of those three makes her stop uh, being upset. Um, outside of that, really, I don't. I haven't learned too much. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Okay, so remember this. Now remember when she says, honey, this breastfeeding thing starting to be a lot for me. I think we need to switch to the formula. Yeah. You say no. Why? <laughs> I just told you why. Okay, you didn't okay. listen to me. <laughs> All right. I just told you, and you didn't listen. You already forgot rule number one. Because you'll be feeding her. Or I'll be, I won't be feeding her. Because I'll be feeding her. Yes. I understand. Yes. So you can get some sleep. And it's way more healthy for the baby. So Let's just hope uh, Amy did, doesn't listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, right more, now it's she, more healthy. Yeah, right now she's pre- breastfeeding. Yeah. And so, and here's the other thing. The first two, three months, just not much happened. Yeah. Good grief. That's I, it. I, that's not how I remember it. No, not, not no, how I remember no, it. no. What I mean is they, they eat, sleep, pee, and poop, and there's just not much happening. Yeah. Way more enjoyable after about month three because then they kind of notice you, and they smile, and they move, and they like Three months. Three or four. I was three or four. Like right now, like Mallory's actually really fun. Like she'll see you. She'll smile. She'll yeah. look at things. She'll kind of talk and, you know, like – Wants to pull the dog's hair and like do all that kind of stuff. So I was wondering when that yeah. happens because yeah, the first couple of months you're like, "Hello, anybody in there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say about there's not much happening. I see her, and I'm wanting to think she sees me, but I'm not real sure. Yeah, she yeah. have no idea what's going no on clue. right now. No. Yeah, I wonder what's going on in their heads at yeah. this time. Yeah, you'll wonder that for your whole life. We'll have to wait for the <laughs> Matt Kenseth for Dad's book. So, all right, you, before That's we, it. I just gave you all yeah, my that, information. That it. It'd be like a half a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> what? All right, She's so crying. Change when, her diaper. When, with a five-month-old, three-month-old, oh, one-month-old. Girl, I always go top to bottom when you change a diaper, too. What do you mean? Yeah. The oh, wipe? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So you got yeah. it. You don't want to give them an infection. You're all set. You don't wipe the poop up. Yeah, I'm glad you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> with all right, so what? Just making sure you never know. What I you know. Are. Nobody told me. No, that's great information. What? Okay, I'm not gonna talk anymore. It's your interview. Go ahead. I want to know <laughs> what was the one thing that you? So at our home, we have a Fisher Price thing that rocks. She loves it. There's a other things like this. Uh, you know, this other gizmo we got that she sits in. Don't like it. Um, is there one? In particular, at your house, that's your go-to. I forgot about rule number three. Yep. You want rule number three? Yeah. <laughs> so Whitney Yates taught us this when we had Kaylin. So um, I would strongly suggest getting rid of any kind of swing or anything that moves. Yeah. Because really? it oh. puts them in a habit of having to move to go to sleep. And Whitney told us this. So Katie used to, like, Kaylin wants sleep. You know, it's her first child. She's walking around with her, and she's singing to her, and she's rocking her and getting her to sleep. As soon as you lay her in the crib, ah, they're crying, right? <laughs> and uh, so Whitney came over one day, and in, in, in uh, typical Whitney fashion, she's, uh, you know, not real subtle about things, started kind of chewing Katie out. She said, what are you doing? You can't do that. You can't rock them and all stuff. So anyway, so it took, like, two weeks of screaming and crying, which was just awful, you know, because every time you set them, they cry. You know, you can't get to stop. And um, so we learned after Kaylin to get rid of anything that moves. Like, even people that got to drive them around in the cars, give them sleep, or the, the swings, they only sleep in them swings and all that. It's... um. It's not good because eventually you got to sleep in their crib or bed yeah. that doesn't move. So we got rid of all that stuff, and it's been amazing. All our kids sleep pretty good. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So we got rid of, like, we got we got rid of all those swings and all that. We don't put her in anything that moves. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping that to sleep. The, I was hoping that wouldn't be what you said. Well, because you think about it, right? They're rocking. Like, I've oh, this is great. Like they fall asleep. Things yeah. That swing. Yeah. Just different motions, yeah. you know. They Did all you save the receipt? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, he stuck with them. We have, we have, uh, we have about four. She only likes one, though, so. I mean, it's, maybe it's different for everybody, but for all our kids, I would I'm say like, that I holds can, true. I have an eBay account. Usually, I just eBay stuff yeah. that I don't need, so. Yeah, but you change a little bit what you I buy I sold a there, ton huh? of my biking stuff. Why? Because it wasn't using it. You know how, well, you probably didn't do this because you're perfect. You sold it on eBay? Because <laughs> you're perfect. <laughs> I went through about 10 different seats to find the right saddle. Yeah. And or find a good saddle, and I went and sold all my saddles over the last couple months. You got an account? I could sell some stuff. I got yeah. a lot of stuff at home I'd like to sell. Yes. I've never eBayed before. Really? No. Yeah. You're talking to an expert right I here. I sold you're about. Do they know the it's your stuff? No. No. But they don't care. I mean, they're getting. What's your username? <laughs> I don't want to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I sold about seven, seven or eight seats, about six helmets and some shoes. And Why'd you have six helmets? I don't know. I get a bunch of helmets. You just acquire them. I acquire them. Jimmy stuff. Johnson hands down stuff. Yeah, yeah. Serious? Now you're selling Jimmy stuff? No. Now look what you did. <laughs> you didn't sell his bike no. that you still have, do you? Oh, hell no. 
I, I, I can still – I still don't know. One thing I learned about Dale Jr. is don't ever lend him anything. Why? Because if you lend him something, then he thinks that he owns it forever. That is not true. He sells it on eBay. I was it, like, Jimmy, when are you going to get your bike? I, I, Dale Jr. like, I'm not giving that bike back. It's my first bike. I'm like, well, no, actually, that's Jimmy's, Jimmy's bike. bike. He let he you, you use to ride for <laughs> yeah. the first time. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm connected to that. I can't give it back. Since I've, right, so since <laughs> Is that true or false? It is true. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy gave me a bike. It's a 2012 No, wait Trek. a minute. Did he give it to you or let you use Jimmy it? Jimmy loaned me a bike. It's All a 2012 right. Trek. It was at my house for a year before I actually rode it. Then I rode it for a year. No, but what happened the first time you rode it? You said the shifter was all broke. No. Because you didn't know how to shift it, remember? No, because I didn't have the battery. Oh. He forgot to give me the battery and the charger. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I did ride it trying to figure out that. But since I've got it, I've changed the crank. I've changed the seat post and the seat. I've changed the handlebars. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much not his bike anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I I think about, it pretty much wasn't his bike when he dropped it off. Bucks into this thing. Hundred bucks? A couple hundred. Oh, a couple hundred. Does Jimmy know that you made all those changes to yeah. his bike? All right, so at least he knows. Yeah. So that's how we can convince ourselves that it's not Jimmy's bike anymore. Yeah, there you go. It's understandable. Yeah, you're right. That's the logic. I I'm going to go home and start an eBay account when I get home. I'm going to yeah. sell some my old stuff. Listen, for about a month, it was the only time we'd Dude, see Dale Jr. I got so much stuff at home stacked up ever. I'm like, I, how do I get rid of that stuff? I s- selling all that stuff from... So when you buy, can I just give you ten percent commission? You sell it all for me. I'll bring it over. I would need thirty at least, thirty percent. Thirty percent. Tough yeah. bargain. No kidding. I mean, it's not easy. You gotta. I got. You gotta take. I'll pictures. probably give it to him and sell him. He'll think it's his. You too, have to take pictures 100%. of everything. You have to take pictures. Then you gotta research what it's selling for to know how. You know. You, you, you gotta a set a reserve it price. Is, there are a little attention to detail that I'm a little surprised that he even. Uh, gets excited about it because printing labels. I mean, like, who's done yeah. that? And yet he would get excited about labels? print labels. Yeah, you print your own label and then I bring it over here and turn it into this front desk and they ship it out of here. That's what we'll do. For so you. it comes from Junior Motorsports. So they know it's yours eventually. It ships from here. Well, yeah. it could be anybody though. It could be you. you so will you pay my shipping if I bring the stuff over here and drop about it off? Twenty. I sold about twenty six hundred dollars worth of bike stuff a couple yeah. weeks ago. Nice. What are you going to do with all your money? I've done turned around and spent it on other eBay items. Yeah. Spent it on baby swings? <laughs> he buys t-shirts. Wipes. So. Wipes. Yeah, wipes. The, the, uh, sensitive. It was all profit because he eBayed every, uh, other people's stuff. So I, th- I think all... your uh, your ratings may go way down after the show. No, they won't. No. This is... Does Speaking anybody listen so besides family? Yes, they had everyone in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we're talking about cycling. Mm-hmm. Um. You're still riding, obviously. Yeah. Did you take your bike and ride in Kansas with the guys on the road? Well, I, I rode just a little bit because we did that did that Mount Mitchell on Monday. So oh, I just God. did a real easy You just did that again? Out. Yeah. I didn't did see a bunch Monday. of social media activity around that because last year, I remember, it was a big deal. Everybody was talking about it. A lot of social media. I could. I was pretty easy to follow. Who, who this, was the ones who put it all on there? I don't know, but yeah. I heard about, you know, heard about how uh, good McMurray was and... He didn't run as good. I beat him this year, so that's why there's no social media activity. Uh, Maybe. How'd Jimmy do? Um, You know, so here's the thing with Jimmy. So (laughs) Jimmy wasn't really feeling great, so we got to the last climb, and I was ahead of him for about an hour and a half, like a ways ahead of him. Like, I look behind me, no Jimmy, right? And he had George and and, uh, another professional cyclist with him. So I'm not sure what all happened and how we got there. So I'm not going to insinuate anything. I'm not (laughs) insinuating anything. I don't know. But he was dying, and I was pedaling away. And we got to the – welcome center in the park which is only about a mile and a half from the top and it's pretty much feels like it's straight uphill from there to the finish it's only about a mile and a half and all of a sudden uh, i hear something and i'm going through a little station with waters and stuff and i'm pedaling through there and everybody's about dying because at this time we're like five hours and 50 minutes into this and uh and 100 miles and i'll say here's something behind me and here's jimmy and george and another guy and he kind of pedals pedals by me real slow. I'm like, there's no way this is happening. I said, just there's no. I looked at. It, I was like, just so you know, there's no way this is happening, right? And I was pretty much dead too. So we got to the very top and we turned the last corner. And you can see the finish line up there. And we were kind of, I was right by him and it was straight up. And I sprinted to the finish. And my so I beat him by a minute. And uh, my whole left leg locked up and cramped up, and I pretty much almost fell off the bike going across the finish. But I beat my time by last year by a half hour. Holy crap! And uh, so I was, uh, yeah. So I was really, uh, I was, I was really excited. Actually, I felt pretty good, and I put in a lot better effort than I did last year. So yeah, one of the best things about the race weekend was usually every every Friday, right after the first practice around noon, most of us would meet up and we'd go for about a, a 
20 to 40 mile ride and uh, get out of the racetrack for a couple hours and then be back in plenty of time for qualifying. And that was a real good, kind of a good therapy to disconnect from the racetrack for a bit. And I would always go into qualifying in a much better place mentally because if I sat at the racetrack, I'd just overthink and, and wear myself out. And by the time qualifying came, I was already kind of frustrated and just in a shitty mood. And so. Can you say that on yeah, here? Yeah, you can. Mood? Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, mood. mood. <laughs> but I would ride with you guys or whoever on that on that Friday ride. And Jimmy always talked about it too, how, how mentally it was good for him to sort of get away for, for a bit. Plus, the other thing too, man, is. I would never see much of the racetracks outside of, you know, the bus lot. Man, there's some really cool areas around. Like, Kansas has that awesome park that we, you know, we go ride on. There's a big loop. It's about five miles from the racetrack, huge lake, big dam, big paved, like, six, eight-mile loop around that place that's perfect for cycling, taking your wife or the dogs or the kids just to get away from the racetrack for 30, 30, 30 minutes to a couple hours. There's places like that at all these racetracks that I, would, I, I didn't even know existed. You're riding just as much as you did last year. I mean, being Probably retired, did you ride more? Yeah, a little bit more. Or not retired, I'm sorry. Yeah. Being out of the car. For Unemployed. <laughs> so you Unemployed. Were, you did ride more. Yeah, I rode I noticed that you went on vacation a lot, or you were skiing. Uh, we went skiing for about a week. Ended up this year just kind of the way it ended up. It ended up being over the, the week of the 500, so we went to uh, uh, Telluride. We usually go there every year. I, I, I love that place. It's my favorite place anywhere How to go. How long have you been skiing? So, um, ironically, being from Wisconsin and all this stuff, I never skied. And uh, Katie and I, of all places, we ended up in Telluride one time over our anniversary in December and went out there and took ski lessons. So, we were on, like, little magic carpet with a little four-year-olds and stuff, which is pretty funny, three-year-olds, and then there's us standing there. So, I don't know what year that was, to be honest with you. Time kind of all runs together for me, but it wasn't really that long ago, 10, 12 years ago, yeah. probably, something like that. And then uh, we just, uh, we really love the place. We've tried all kinds of different places, going skiing and stuff, and I just always like going back there. So we. Uh, what do you it. like about it? Uh, I just like everything about it. The mountain is awesome. It's got everything from easy to extremely hard. It's um, super casual, laid back. Lift lines are never long. Um, the town is awesome. It's like built in this box canyon on the back side of the mountain. If you can ski down that side if you want. Um, it's just uh, it's really convenient. It's really, uh, really neat. Did you Real get casual. to pick? Did you get to pick your schedule uh, as you came back? And did you pick uh, uh, races that still let you do that kind of stuff? Uh, or no? Yes and no. I mean, mostly, mostly, mostly no. So okay. Um, you know, Trevor's running all the Advocare races. I got and it. Then, that's, um, that's there's what some of the empty ones that I'm filling in. Some of them uh, probably are not going to do. Uh, you know, but so it's just kind of the way it worked out. What races? were you excited about and then i'm gonna ask you about was i excited about or yeah. am excited about which races are you excited about doing? Okay. what tracks so um i was excited to go to kansas yeah because i felt like that was a relatively easy straightforward track pretty smooth uh, i felt like it'd be easy to evaluate kind of you know where we're at i feel like it's one of my better tracks uh, like i said i think it's one of the easier tracks at least to just get around i mean there's hard challenging things about it too right sure. like trying to make the top make speed around the top and like what whatever but um you know but i think it's an easy track to evaluate and everything and it was uh it went really bad for us so that was uh, a little disheartening it has me a little worried about the rest of them coming up so that was probably the first one i was looking forward to honestly um charlotte can be a little bit a little bit tricky uh, so i'm not sure about this weekend uh the rest of the ones are on there what am i looking forward to the most out of all the tracks is a good question michigan going to michigan in a couple weeks i don't really know i yeah. think about the rest of them not coming very up. excited <laughs> well no i am i just can't even think of all the tracks i'm going to to be honest with you so i just uh i'd say kansas was probably the most anxious i was to get there and kind of see what it was like yeah i do, I, I remember when i was racing that i I mean, I, sometimes I can hardly remember which track was next, you know. Yeah. Just because you I, so I mean, some of the tracks I like the most are, are probably not going to be on a schedule, like Bristol. I was hoping to run Bristol. And You're not going to run Bristol? I don't Bristol. think I'm going to run Bristol. Uh, I might. I don't I don't know yet for sure on the schedule. What about Daytona and Talladega? Uh, Daytona and Talladega, um, I opted out of. Yeah. Don't want to run any <laughs> plate races. Nah, yeah. not really. I mean, not I'm really. telling you, that is the Are you running Chicago? It does not appear to be. Man, I'm doing That's our first race, NBC. 
Yeah, that's why I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought of Dale Jr. being up in the booth critiquing every lap of yours just doesn't seem like fun for you, right? Terrible, <laughs> terrible time. That's uh, a, well, you know, uh, it does. You know, what I thought was funny though is I, I uh, did the NBC shoot the other day, and I was yeah. like, "This is pretty cool because Dale Jr. is going to be there, new big NBC stuff." And I realized I just sent all the peons, and uh, Jr. wasn't I was there. there. So. No, I didn't see it. He was there. He did. I it. was there. That was and when I say peons, shoot. I'm talking about you know like Burton. Oh. oh, he is not going to be happy. I'm just kidding. He'll love that. He Jeff loves, you. loves me. He loves you. I'll or say he that. did. Until I said uh, that. He does. I'm just he joking. Does. So he anyway, thinks... I did see everybody there except for you. I was there. Were you? Yeah. What were Lurk, you doing? Lurking in the shadows. Oh, I didn't see you. Matt, you mind being a, hanging around, answering some questions, talking? That was a question, more? so yeah, no problem. You good? I okay. just answered it. Well, let's get to the rest of the show. How about an Exalta <laughs> Race Center update? This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Charlotte Motor Speedway played host to the NASCAR All-Star Race this weekend. While a new rules package was the big talk, nothing was new on the top of the scoreboard as Kevin Harvick continued his series dominance in taking the win and the million-dollar check. On Saturday night, the trucks put on a show under the lights at Charlotte. Nasita, Wisconsin's Johnny Sauter led over half of the race and drove to his third win of the season over Kyle Busch and Brandon Jones. The Junior Motorsports Late Model Program competed at Tennessee's Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend in the U.S. Short Track Nationals. Inclement weather cut the race short on lap 64 of the 100-lap event. JRM drivers Josh Berry finished fifth, and Sam Mayer was scored ninth in the Cars Tour event. After a two-week break, the NASCAR Xfinity Series will be back in action this Saturday, while the Cup cars go 600 miles on Sunday to cap off Charlotte Motor Speedway's Memorial Day weekend. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. Hey, Dale Jr., while Matt's still here, I want to talk about the aero package. I know you were looking forward to that in the all-star race. Matt was in it, won the pole. I mean, my man won the pole. He's going to roll his eyes at it. But listen, guys, take your turn <laughs> and tell us what your impressions were of the race and of the aero package, both from your position, Dale, and also from Mr. Driver over here. Of course, he was looking forward to it. He was watching it. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, nah, I mean, I, I – uh, oh, are you supposed to go first? You, you can go. You go. go. I, I was just going to say, I, you know, the – Whatever they call it now, I don't, is it the open or what do they call that first thing? The open. The open. Yeah. There you go. So the the end of that last segment of the open was awesome to watch. I mean, it was really great to watch, right? Yeah. And and here's a fact from TV and and honestly, even from the grandstands, unless you're there one day and they change rules to the next day, I mean, you can't really tell the difference from 170 to 190, right? I, I mean, on, on TV, you certainly can't. Yeah. You know, except for the straightaways look longer. So I thought the I thought that race was great. Uh, the race I was in, I didn't really rewatch, to be honest with you. And we ran really, really bad. Um, so I'm probably a bad guy to, to evaluate it. Um, you know, but I, I thought that first race especially was really good. Yeah. I was um, I was excited that NASCAR was just trying something. The one thing that um, I'm really worried about is just Charlotte Motor Speedway. So the way this track's uh, attendance has, has went over the last several years, the way the action at the racetrack's been uh, since the repave, really. I've been worried more just about that racetrack. And I saw this as a really neat opportunity to try to fix the track. And not I wasn't really looking at it as a fix for anything beyond that. Because, I mean, the race at Texas was awesome this year. I think we can have, you know, the race at Kansas is it was a great race. There's a lot of conversation on social media about what to do, where this goes. You know, Chicago's social media accounts tweeting right. that they want this package now. <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. Uh, to to take this anywhere outside of Charlotte, that maybe Indy. This is kind of where this came from with the Xfinity race last year at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's a it's just a track that the stock cars don't really put on a great show uh, at, and maybe they could take it there. Maybe Kentucky. I think uh, Larson spoke up about maybe trying it at Kentucky. So at least until that surface ages out. I think though that for Charlotte Motor Speedway for the All Star race, it was a great idea. Whether it worked or not, even if it failed, still a cool idea for NASCAR to try to make uh, some kind of a change for the sake of this racetrack alone. Because at the at the pace this racetrack's going, it's in it's in real trouble. The attendance there is uh, way down, tearing seats out. I mean, we're going to race on the Roval for crying out loud to try to spur some interest and excitement into this facility, um, which I hope that's successful. So I'm, I'm I I really thought it was a great 
gutsy move by the whole industry. I know the drivers were involved. Everybody was involved in, in the whole thing. I thought it went well. It went better than my expectations, actually. I thought that the Open is always a good race, even, you know, and so yeah. when the That's Open. That's true. That was a good race last year. Yeah. some good stuff, too, yeah. And I think that track, because the surface is so good, too good, it races really well during the day and not very good at night because mm-hmm. the bottom groove gets so much grip and so much speed it becomes too dominant in the, at night. And I was worried about that happening for the All-Star race this year, but I was even texting back and forth with Marcus Smith. I was like, man, I hope that bottom doesn't become too dominant and get single file. It didn't. I was really happy with what I saw. I think that they can take this package and, and take some information from the drivers and input from the drivers and even improve on this package and make it even better. And I And my wife said something to me that really stood out as a casual fan that she is. She said, you know, they look like they're going faster to me because they're closer together. I was watching and I'm like, you know, yeah, when when they are side by side and going through the corner, I don't, you don't even think about the the visual difference in speed. It's, It's exciting. You're, you know, there's, I felt adrenaline in me watching it, you know, uh, that wasn't there last year. So um, I think it's uh, unanimous from following along in the media and social media and so forth that every most people really appreciated what they saw, and hopefully this is something that Charlotte can look at um, next year or on down the line. There's a lot of uh, roadblocks or hurdles to cross to get this kind of package into the 600 or the 500-mile race at Charlotte. It has to go through the owners and, and, a, and a few other things before they can implement it. It's not as easy as just saying, well, that was nice in the All-Star Race. Let's do it this week in the 600. With the uh, RTA and everything else, there's a lot of uh, legal parameters and limitations to keep things like that from happening because the owners, this will be a spend for the owners. And uh, there'll be guys trying to spend money engineering this package and trying to find speed in it. What tends to happen in our sport when something like this comes along, whether it's a new plate at the Talladega Daytona or a new spoiler, or splitter change. What happens, I mean, the sport goes into spin mode. They start trying to figure out how to make this part faster or be the best, at, you know, make the best car they can, make the faster car they can. I guess, do you think that as, as teams learn this package, do, what, what happens to it? Does the racing sort of, do we lose some of the excitement that we had this past weekend as the teams start to learn how to make this package work? Yeah, I mean, I was, that's, that's funny. That was the only thing I was going to add to it. I mean, I, I, really believe that i mean they throw this package on they do it pretty late so some people spent some time in the wind tunnel but probably not a ton um we only we ended up with basically no practice before qualifying you end up with an hour of practice before the race and you go race them so typically in my opinion when you take any kind of rules change and you throw it on there real quick the results are much different than when you get a lot of time to work on it so realistically everybody's gonna get better at it um everybody's gonna get faster in the corner the field's going to be closer together and more than likely it'll single it out some. I mean, it's just, just kind of what happens. I remember when we did the first low-down force test at Michigan. Took all the spoiler off and the splitter off. We're like, man, this is great. This is like going back to 2002. You could get up behind somebody in the left rear and they'd get a little loose and you'd pass them and you couldn't stall you out and, and all that. And then you get to the racetrack after, you know, a month or so of it and it's just uh, – it's it, it's still probably better, but everybody figures it out and, um, and, and it kind of – brings the field back together again yeah yeah that's the only thing i'm a little worried about and i i hate to be so uh apprehensive or or i did like the package but still kind of pumping the brakes yeah you have to i mean look i mean look on on just you know this it doesn't check every single box just yet another thing that had a potential of doing too and it it happened a little bit in the races you could almost like if it's during the daytime, I think it almost would have got single file on the top, like we see at plate races yeah. a lot. Uh, I was running third or something in the beginning, and I did not run well at all, and I couldn't quite get slid up in front of Ricky, and they're all stacked up in the top, and the bottom car would stall out, and you'd lose, you know, three or four cars would pass you on a straightaway. So there, you're like, oh man, do I try to make a move and pass, or I get back up in line? Exactly. And I don't know if we want to see that at Dunford. Six hundred miles. I don't. I don't as a as a fan, right? You're right. I, I don't mind watching it four times a year. I don't want to watch it every week. I want to see a car that's faster, that's running second or third, not be screwed because he's in the bottom lane and like five cars pass him because of a draft. I want to be able to see him in there racing that guy, you know, see the door open and go race that guy for the spot and not get stalled out so bad and everybody stack up and push the next guy by. I was talking to Martin Truex Jr. a little bit before the race, and he told me that the side draft is almost non-existent, and he thinks it's because of the – 
those uh, parts that they put on the front of the car that, that brings the air out around the tire, around the, around the front tires. And he said something about that has killed the side draft with this package. So, like you say, when you're on the bottom and a train starts... Yeah. On your outside, it never ends till the right. next corner. Yeah, there and so your 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 ability to side draft and kind of defend that a little bit is gone. It didn't even really get most of it back in the corner because it, you're in the gas so much that even the top guys had to lift. They had so much less drag all pushing each other that they you still couldn't get it back. So yeah. it's like you had to find almost find a place to get in line on a straightaway and then go make the move in the corner. Hope to carry enough speed like Kyle Larson, some of those guys could to clear the next guy. Yeah, you know before he got the next straightaway. It seemed like sometimes when I was watching a race that I saw side draft, and then to hear Martin talk about it, it was a lot less side draft than what we typically have at a lot of the racetracks. Yeah. I don't know what you felt. It felt like you could slow him up a little bit, but because um, side draft is a fun tool. Yeah. But for me, they're all going by me so fast it was hard to pull, <laughs> pull them back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I, you know, we're going to wrap that up, that, this little conversation about that package up with uh, the idea that we're going to go right back to the same racetrack for 600 miles with the original package that we've been running all year long. It'll be so interesting to see this all back-to-back and see people's reaction from it uh, post-race. Um, I almost dread that, to be honest with you, because like, yes, so many uninformed, too. uneducated opinions get spat out. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's exhausting at the point at that point but we are absolutely going to hear it and oh see yeah it and it's going to be quite the conversation you know nascar sucks because they didn't bring back that package when it was so obvious that was the way to go i'm mean, like god he, you know here we go well we could but, have a really exciting race and hope so people I be confused too. as to what to do next um <laughs> but think about it like even if it what it, no matter what happens this weekend the next time we go to charlotte we run the roval yeah you know so that's another monkey ranch in the whole thing for for the history of charlotte uh, for the for the future, it's very interesting that race. Huh? Please tell me you're doing that race. Which race? The Roval at Charlotte. Uh, I might have opted out of that one, too. Uh, <laughs> have you, did you test it all? You, I mean, no. obviously haven't had a chance to test <laughs> it. No interest. I thought that's really going to be, I be hear from everybody it's going to be a disaster. Really? That's what I hear Driver's opinion? All the driver's opinion. They oh, said, really? Everybody will wreck and you're not going to be able to pass. Wait, people like wrecking. Well, not everybody. Yeah, Maybe drivers don't. Yeah. At least I don't think they do. No, they don't. Oh, there's some of them that might. No. They drive like they do. They drive like they do. I shouldn't talk. I wrecked both weeks so the, far. I'm two oh, for two. So, all right. <laughs> I, I got like one it. more. I got another thing, I guess. So, you, when you were out of the car at the first half of the year, did you watch any races? Uh, a little bit. But, hey, I want to say something. Can yeah. I say something since we're can we still talking about the package? Yeah, yeah. So, I know you're such a, a historian and how you love all the history of the sport and yeah. everything. So, I was watching. Uh, I was trying to watch practice or something, and it was raining. So, they, they played that special, that one hot night special. You watch that? I'm sure yes. you watched it, right? Oh, yeah. So that's the kind of racing I like. Right. So everybody talks about plates and side-by-side and side-drafting and hitting each other and like, oh, it was great. It was a yes. big wad of cars. Well, everybody claims that was the most exciting race ever, and all the cars were 10 car lengths apart. And what made it exciting is is you didn't have the sides dragging on the ground. You didn't have a splitter in the front that was sealed up. The car wasn't like – like every gain you'd make today, let's be honest, 90% of it's arrow, right? Every so yep. it's it's all arrow. And these are supposed to be spec cars, but it's all arrow, all your gains. So these cars back then, they're trying to hang on to them. There's no side force because the, the sides are cut way up and and uh, not a lot of down force. And you catch somebody, and, and like your dad tried to block it then, and he got to his left rear. I don't even know if he hit him, but, you know, spun him out, and he couldn't hang on to it. And then, then he slid up, and the next guy passed him. I mean – that's what I wish we could get yeah. racing back to is the guy who can wrestle the car the best, the guy who can you know, get close to somebody, you can actually get close to him and he'll get offline if you move him offline a little bit and you can get back to racing because this makes less of that. This is going to be more of a plate race because you can, I guarantee with those huge spoilers on the sides stuck in the ground, you can run into somebody as hard as you want to and you're probably not going to be able to spin them out. It's a different style of racing and yeah. like me, that's the kind of racing I miss. Even when we started, it was something oh, like yeah. that. You know, you caught, if you could, you could, if you're faster, you're going to catch a guy and you're going to pass him. You weren't going to run side by side, but you're going to pass him. So for me as a fan and every fan is different, I don't really care about side by side racing. I want to see the fastest car, catch the guy in front of him and be able to pass, pass him. him. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Amen. That's just my opinion. I hate I'm splitter. I hate splitter too. You said you said splitter. I'm well, with you, man. sides are all on the ground too. That's I know. part of it. They got big flat sides. I'm not got, smart enough to figure out how long to, and, I'm not know. smart enough to figure out how to get the cars off the ground again or you know, I know you could roll the doors and take the straight sides off the cars, take the flat sides off the cars and roll the doors under a little bit like they used to be back in the late 90s uh but i know how to get rid of that splitter i i know that the splitter you know we can go on and on but yeah the splitter basically has everybody living and racing in the same spot 
um, as far as their cars and their arrow and everything. And you're right, arrow is. I'm not smart enough, I, and you can't unlearn things. So I don't know that you'd ever get back to that. Obviously, right. um, but it'd be neat if somehow we could figure out how to get back to that kind of racing where you could catch somebody, you could move them offline, you could pass them. You yeah. know, yes, you couldn't run side by side, but. I don't know. Is is a I was a fan way before I was ever a driver, Me too. and I could give a rat's tail whether they ran side by side for four laps or not. As long as that guy could catch the 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 fast, you know, if he was faster and he could catch a guy in front of him and pass him and drive away, I was okay with that because that's racing. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that, what it's about. I always appreciated a good ass whooping when a guy would yeah. just destroy the field. But I'm with you. It's very frustrating to watch a faster car run run a guy down and be and get stuck there. Yeah. And uh, working alongside him, I can't complete the pass. Yeah. You know? Speaking of which, I mean, you appreciate a good ass whooping. I mean, still the law of physics prevailed, and the, you know the all star of the season still won the all star yeah. race, yeah. and he yeah. he still yeah. as many lead changes as there were, there weren't in the last ten or eleven laps. Yeah. That yep. was Kevin, and and so it still all sort of sorted itself out. Yeah. Even yeah. after all the gimmicks and tricks. And stuff. Yeah. Small one, sample size, though. The one thing that I wanted to ask you about is you said you watched a little bit of racing while you were out of the car the first half of the season. My whole opinion about a lot of things in the sport turned like 180 degrees being out of the car versus driving. Like what I liked and wanted and thought was needed and thought was important. Like he missed practice. I mean, whoever saw that coming? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just fundamentals about the sport. About when said that. The, the, you know, what, what helps the sport? What doesn't help the sport? What's important for TV and fans and this and that and the other? A lot of things that I didn't like or liked as a driver, I don't like being at while I'm out of the car watching on TV. A lot of things that um, I hated as a driver. Now that I'm out of the car watching it, I think I'm, I like. You know, is there, have you seen any, any of those things or went through that? Um, yourself being out of the car watching as a fan? Not, not really. I I can't say I watched a ton of racing yeah. until um until this deal came up, and then I you know watched closer obviously and tried to see what Trevor and Ricky were doing and kind of you know get, stuff get like a little bit stage more speed, racing but. and um just things that have been implemented in the sport of rules and so forth. I don't love everything, but uh, there's some things that I could care less about or didn't care for as a driver that now as a fan or someone watching the race, I get, and I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel much different as a fan than I did as a driver, I guess, to, to answer your yeah. question. I mean, I, I think that you want to see the sport governed as other professional sports are governed and, um, and you'd like it to be consistent. All real, right. real quick. I want to ask something. Cause I heard something earlier that just kind of piqued my interest, Matt. Uh, you talked about the Mount Washington bike deal. And about how Mount that, Mitchell, he was Mount a Mitchell, a lot of attention, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you talked about that. I mean, so they sound so similar. Yeah. I mean, the Mount, yeah, the mountain part, right? I have the mountain <laughs> part, right? But you, you talked about how that final yeah. little bit there, you have that competitive drive, yeah. you know, and you come across as this laid back dude, right? But there's there's that competitive drive in all y'all, no matter what you exude. All y'all and exude. You got that yes, in one got sentence. That. That's some some Yankee all y'all English. All right and there. exude. So last year. Obviously, you didn't go out the way you wanted to go out. This year, you come back. You Are get talking about bicycling now or no, racing? No, we're talking about <laughs> racing. Oh. And obviously, you want to go out on your terms. You know, Dale went out on his terms. You didn't get to go out on your terms at that time. You get this opportunity now. How much did losing your deal the way it did now drive you this year on that competitive level? Kind of like that last, you know, little bit of that bike race. How much does that, that drive you? Uh, you know, none, honestly. I mean, I think if it was, really? uh, I mean, if I had like a, you know, be in my bonnet about that and I was going to go show them, you know, I probably wouldn't, you know, accept. But not out of spite, but more from the personal level. It doesn't drive you? You know, you know what they call it in school when they're like in kindergarten and, and junior kindergarten when somebody interrupts them, they call it volcano oh. mouthing them. And you just volcanoed me, Matt. <laughs> I, I miss you so much. You just volcanoed Interviewing me. Interviewing you is the most now, fun now, thing I've ever now done. To, now, to finish, <laughs> now to finish my story, if it was like out of like, you know, not spite, but like, yeah. man, I'm going to show them I can still do it. I'm going to yep. go, I'm going to go whip their tail every week and all that. I mean, you know, I'm not dumb enough to know that i'm gonna go drive it and take it from 22nd to first it's just not going to happen overnight now yeah. i hope i mean that's the long-term goal is to get roach Fenway racing back to being a competitive team like it like it was at one time when you thought about going to the track who do you got to beat you know they're going to be one of the guys you got to beat um but i know that's not going to happen overnight it's probably not going to happen next month um it's going to take some time and i realize that so um so that being said you know kind of being let go out of 
uh, or not just, I wasn't let go. I just wasn't re-signed and they yeah. put somebody else in that car. So not being re-signed there and doing all that really didn't have anything to do with this because if I felt like that and I didn't feel like I was in the right frame of mind, this isn't something I would have done. It's not something I would have accepted if I was real, um, you know, hell bent on showing them that they made a mistake and I was going to go beat them every week, if that makes sense. Yep. All right, let's do, did you see that real quick? How can you do a did you see that on a podcast? Well, just, you're about to find out. You're yeah. about to find out. Well, so, you know. yeah, our, this is our did you see that segment of the show. Matt wants to know how you do that on a podcast. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Basically, a did you see that, Matt, is something on, I don't know, it can be social media. It can be, I don't know, any kind of topic that struck uh, struck you as odd or interesting or funny. And we have a pretty good one for this weekend. Our uh, guest from several weeks ago. Kyle Bush gave us another golden nugget, man. As he does. He does not let you down. When he goes in the media center, and Charlotte. especially it's at gold. Charlotte. It's Charlotte. It's especially gold. at Charlotte. He does not know how to go into media center at Charlotte <laughs> and walk out yeah. with, without, without making himself a story there. So he runs second in the truck race to Johnny Sauter, and he had this to say. Um, Kyle, you overcame some adversity on pit road to work your way back up. Can you talk about how you made your way back through the field? Pure talent. That's about it. Uh, my pit crew did absolutely nothing to help me out tonight. My truck drove like shit, and these splitters are absolutely horrendous. You can't pass in traffic. You can't race alongside anybody. You can't get within five truck lengths of no one. But somehow, someway, I was able to get back to the front. Had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Is that real? Yeah. That, really? That's real. You, oh, did, that's cool. you didn't hear it? You didn't hear no, about this? I got, I got to be totally honest i don't really watch or listen or read anything well man that, you're missing out this is so funny <laughs> especially when matt goes or when the we kyle goes, calling him matt sorry <laughs> when kyle goes into the media center they're um, so similar one right, thing ahead. that i know kyle is talking about <laughs> is they changed the splitters on the trucks they changed on the cut cars too right around dover and they went to a uh it's apparently taking a lot of downforce or or, or front grip away from from and made Just the cars a flat splitter, right? Yeah, and made which the, was supposed to be a flat splitter all the time until they let everybody make them not flat. Right. Yeah. And f- right. And so now I guess it's made the cars worse in traffic by a few people that I've talked to, a couple of drivers that I've talked to have that opinion. Um so that's kind of one of the things he was trying to hammer. But man, is it great when he does that. I mean, remember the one last year where he dropped the mic? Uh, <laughs> everything's said, great. Everything's great. <laughs> everything's great. I'm not surprised. Right. Um and I then he know. tripped over something on the way out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. This is vintage Kyle Bush it right was. there. As soon as that happened, we all started texting each other. It was like, it, like it, if there was another consideration for something we we're going to bring up, they just took a back seat because that was our all of our favorite moment yep. of the weekend. Yeah. Is when Kyle Bush said that. And good it's for so, him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't so, believe I missed it. I missed the race too. Yeah, I did too. I, I don't know what the heck. I I think me and Amy had went. You're probably dinner. changing diapers. Nope. Me and Amy. How'd you had get to a, dinner? Me and Amy had date night. Again, you she had a second date night. Nice. That, that was that night. Did you take the, the baby? truck race? No. Jeez. We went for two. It was prom night too, because everybody was at. Uh, everybody was in there eating. But uh, <laughs> me and Amy went to Epic Steakhouse in Mooresville, and the truck race was going on. And then we got home, and I just saw the very end. Maybe no, I, I wasn't really doing anything that night. Thanks for inviting Katie and I. Third wheel. Oh, God. <laughs> You can't, hey. It's our first <laughs> night. It was my and Amy's first date night since we've had the baby. I know. We that would have been so nice to share that no. with us. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Matter of fact, though, it's funny he says this because me and him has been texting back and forth probably for about three freaking months about trying to get to go to dinner. Yeah, I keep giving you options. You're like, nah, you I can't. You have not given me any that. option. Yeah, you did. You're like, I can't that night. I got to take a nap and I got to do dirty, <laughs> dirty, dirty mold podcast you're with Kyle. You're not telling the truth, man. Yeah, did you I, haven't I given you. me any dates. Yeah, I did. You, you're so uh, you're vague. You're like, eh. And then I texted back. Just, like, Katie said we could do it this night, I'll but I can't do talk, it that night. I'll talk to Katie. Tuesdays are lie. good. My I'm f- like, well, just tell me what's Tuesday. My favorite was, though, Dell Jr. tells me that your kids. Oh, he's getting his phone oh, out. Oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to show you something. Okay. Is that like an old flip phone? No, oh, no go he's got a real phone. No, I'm not Mike <laughs> Elvis. flip phone. <laughs> Well, that, the last time I texted hey, you, too, I was like, haven't his, been on Twitter uh, lately. Have you had your baby yet? His font's still small. Oh, so he hasn't yeah. gotten the old man eyes no. yet. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right here. When are we going to eat? Shoot, when you want to. Tuesdays and Thursdays are no good for me. Possibly Wednesday. I'll see if Amy can get with Katie and obligate me. I don't know what that means. And you to dinner. Can't wait to catch up soon. Okay. That was on the 17th. Yeah. Then he texted me on the 23rd because his producers tell him, you're going to wheel the six? Sounds cool. You, I told you, possibly Wednesday, I'll get with Amy and let you know, and you never let me know. 
So that's not vague. I said Wednesday, and you said I'll see if Amy get with Katie. Well, I that's tried. That's Then never heard back. You were from vague. It. So that was uh, uh, Tuesday's good. Thursday's good. So that good. was April seventeenth. That was a month and four days <laughs> like, ago. Okay, so three days out of that any week. A month week. and four days ago. Four days ago. No, I said Wednesday. Hey, get to the oh. part of your text conversation where Dale Jr. asked you that's to come right. on the podcast, and you said, you I don't talk to me. media anymore. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> what <laughs> was it? I no, said, he said, you're going to wheel a six. Sounds cool. And I said, got to be careful with your media folk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then he sent back before I texted you. I told my folks I wouldn't be able to get it out of you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so now you get to bust Dale's chops like you bust the rest of the media's chops. How fun is that going to be? Did he say something? Oh, man. Poor Dart. Hey, no, no. Garage I cam I used to Matt. be always like that. Is it, guys with it's the a same, is it guys with the first, first same, same first name? Uh, you know, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, well, uh, when I get mad at you, I call him Matthew. You, what was your question? Are you competitive? I call you Matthew other, when uh, No, but what was your you question? Get, uh, the question was, now, you always bust our chops, the media yeah. members, and it's kind of a fun thing between all of us. Now he's a media member, man. Are you going to bust his chops to you or what? No, I don't. You know, Dale Jr. is kind of sensitive. I can joke a little bit. He can't really he bust knows, his chops. He knows this is true. This yeah. is true. I like taking sensitive. it. Yeah. Hey, look sensitive. at that. He's got a cycling tan line. He did go ride a little bit this yeah. week. <laughs> That's one of the rules. you got to have a sharp, crisp tan line. That is a That's pretty good one. ruler sharp. Yeah, you were on there go. for a little bit. That's yep. Matthew. I like it. <laughs> Matthew Kinsis, did you see that? Yeah. Your yeah. tan line. Yeah. <laughs> That's arm, how this works. Folks, his arm, <laughs> uh, Let's go to your white flag. Oh, this will be quick. Okay. Ready? Yeah, there's only one more lap then. It's pretty quick. <laughs> Sometimes it's longer. Ready? It's a little slower than the plate, but not much. A couple seconds. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. The Dale Jr. download will be live this Friday. You ready for our live show, Dale? Yeah. It, Wait, Murray this isn't live? No. no. Well, it's live. It's happening right now. It actually but. is sort of live. This is a little <laughs> bit of a precursor because uh, we do have people watching this. But we'll be outside on Friday the 25th. So if you guys want to come check it out, also Door Buffer Clear is going to be doing a live show. Uh, moving on, pre-order your copy of Dale Jr.'s new book. Matt, have you done this yet? Racing to the finish. Who My wrote? story, Dale Jr. It? McGee. He's standing right there. Ryan McGee wrote it. He's writing it. I know you didn't he's writing it. He's writing it right, writing it right now. now. He's probably. writing it right now. I think he suckered this. me into buying that first book. He's writing this part. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he suckered me into buying that first How? book. I don't know. You're you're like, you into we talked about you in there. a lot. I was like, hey, man, you're can I get a copy of that book? He's like, yeah, sure. They're $10.99. You can order them here. <laughs> uh, you get it on eBay. Yes, yeah. That's where you can go get it. Uh, sell, yeah. Pre-order your copy at DaleJr.com <laughs> forward slash book. The DIY Network will premiere the show Renovation Realities, Dale Jr. and Amy, on June 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. The first uh, That's the first of a four-part series. Uh, they'll air each Saturday after that. There's still time to win Dale Jr.'s Ride. Go to windaledjrsride.com and enter into that contest, and that's it. I got a question. Got what is it? Where's the escape hatch? In this room? Yeah. You're, you're, about, it, <laughs> you're, about, to, you're about to be sent to it. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. I'm a, you know, that must have been, it must have felt incredibly good to have all your peers so excited for you coming back. That was one of the things that stuck out to me when you came back uh, to get back uh, behind the wheel of the race car this, uh, these last couple of weeks is how many of the uh, drivers in the field spoke up about how excited they were to have you in the field and have you around because you're such a fun guy to be around and it is going to be exciting to see how you can help this company and help this team over the next several uh, weeks and into the rest of the season good luck with that and i will see you at the racetrack because we're going to start broadcasting here at chicago in july so you ain't gonna see him there I know, but not, not that one. Not Daytona after that either. No, nope, you'll see me down the road. <laughs> I will see you down the road. I hope. Unless All something right. goes terribly wrong, I'll see you down the road. <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.